Welcome to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Fullick. Welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fullick, and as always, we like to talk about things related to disaster recovery, business continuity, resilience, anything that can help you, your organization, or your community prepare for, respond to, and overcome adverse situations. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please feel free. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Alex Fullick there. I'm really easy to find, and I do respond to everything I get. Today, we're going to talk about another book. As you all know, I love to read. And the book today is The Continuity Moment Insight, The Catalyst in Your Resilience Journey. And I'd like to welcome back to the show for, I think, your second or third appearance, Harsha Sastry. Harsha, welcome back. Thank you, Alex. And thank you for hosting me on Preparing for the Unexpected and bringing my book to the various audiences that we have. Thank you, audience, for being connected with us. And today, um, I, Harsha Shastri, as the author of the book, The Continuity Moment Inside, your catalyst in your resilience journey, is uh, the book that I have written and uh, as you already might know, I'm a professional from BRI, BCI, FQA, UK, and various other institutions for business continuity and resilience. So my passion is business continuity. And writing has been my passion for a longer time than my profession itself. So thanks, Alex, again. And... Welcome to all my audience here. Well, it's a pleasure having you back. And congratulations on the book, by the way. I know Thank all, you very much, Alex. I know there's a lot of effort that goes into writing, having done it myself. So I really appreciate it when uh, uh, all the effort, when people get something published and get it out there. I know all the effort that goes into it and behind the scenes. So, so let's, let's start talking about the book. First of all, how did the book come about? Because you structure it in a very different way. Yeah, absolutely. So, Alex, um, uh, the thought process of the book has been very different from my side. So, um, I wanted to have a book which could be used as a guide, as a pocket guide, as a reference, as uh, as a buddy, as a friend for any uh, business continuity professional, firstly. But this is a book that I want you to write for people in any age. It could be a child. It could be uh, a school-going child. It could be um, a kindergarten uh, teacher. It could be a school itself. Uh, it could be a college-going student. It could be a professional. It could be somebody who's elderly to us and wants to uh, innovate the way in which a person can live more better and have a more resilient journey uh, in the process. 
So uh, in the process, I said the easiest way is to pick up the 26 alphabets of English and write a book with a story in it, which everyone can read as a storybook. Everyone can understand a small theme of business continuity from it. At the same time, have a test after every episode to understand what has been understood by reading that episode. So it becomes an interesting journey across 26 milestones, across 26 maturity levels, across 26 days for an individual, 26 months for a department, 26 years for an organization, because the number of people vary from an individual to an organization. And by using this book as a maturity model, a person can claim that we don't have level five, but we have level 26 of maturity. So that was the thought process. And it was about redefining an internalized maturity model for oneself and exploring. As people move on from organizations to organizations, the mnemonics for an A to Z could keep changing to whatever the individual who is coming back in that journey thinks that it is right at that moment of time. So it's absolutely standardized, flexible, just like a rubber band. <laughs> so use it to wrap whatever you wish. <laughs> well, we're going to touch on a couple of those samples uh, in a few minutes. Yes. Um, but you, you mentioned the word journey a few times here. So I'd like to get your thoughts on um, why you consider or your thoughts on the consideration that resilience is a journey when there are still people out there that say it's kind of a state of being or a, um, a an end state to reach, but you say it's a journey. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, well, uh, whether you take business continuity or you take resilience, uh, the most important factor that one has to uh, understand is that one has to enjoy doing the activities in business continuity and enjoy doing activities in resilience. If you want to enjoy, the word enjoy can only get related not to a destination or to a starting point, but only to the journey which takes you through various aspects of life. It enables you meet various people. It enables you federate and enables you relish how you moved on and reached the place which itself can be an adventure by itself. So business continuity is an adventure. Resilience is an adventure, provided you take it as an adventure and you start driving your pathway towards reaching goals that you set. You don't choose the same place as your holiday destination every time. You choose something different. And what you enjoy most is probably not the destination always. It could be the journey that you had could be much more pleasurable than the destination itself. And that's why I chose the word 
journey rather than making it very formal that it's a program, it's a stage, it's a maturity level. People get bogged down when you when you talk because business continuity and resilience is by design a very, very detailed subject. Mm -hmm. yeah. In the process of in the process of the subject itself being detailed, if you start configuring it to be a standard or to be a maturity model, it makes it boring rather than engaging. So to bring in fun into the whole game, it's better to call it a journey because you can decide when you want to stop, when you want to start, and what is the best thing that you can do to enjoy. That's the aspect of journey. Uh, you know, taking journeys too, taking that a, a little step further, you want to experience new things all the time. You, Like you said, you don't want to do the same thing over and over again. Well, then you're kind of stuck in the same spot over and over again. New journeys, new trips, new vacations, using your example, gives you new experiences, new things to learn. Yes, absolutely. So, so it's basically so it's basically enabling an individual to start thinking differently. Every day the individual gets up in the morning and starts looking at the sun. Now in the book, you actually call uh, what we would say chapters or each section, but you call them episodes, yes. which is an interesting term to use for, for a chapter. What what made you call them an episode? Yeah, okay. Uh, if you call it a chapter, if you call it a section, it's something that, <clears throat> I'm sorry, uh, it's something that an individual will normally get in a textbook or will normally get into uh, into a thesis that a person is writing to achieve or to communicate something. This book that I have written is meant to be a storybook, is meant to be a book which will enable you to take small pit stops and think to make your own notes. So, if you look at the book, you have an episode which has a small story. It has a quote which makes you feel nice. It has a few questions where it makes you think and test yourself. And it also has a notes page where it prompts you to take a pencil and start writing. So it's just a resource for any individual whether you are doing a business continuity project or whether you are doing a medical project or whether you are doing an innovation project, the 26 alphabets of English don't change. And every episode gives you a message which you want to use in your journey of innovation, of medicine, of uh, physiotherapy or whatever you may call it. To bring in the flavor of a story you know, but you have not been able to articulate. So it's enabling everyone to write their stories because people understand stories much more better than <laughs> what they would understand if you write it as a section, chapter, or 
whatever you may call that. That's true. People do remember stories. You now, know, a, don't, a lot you than... episodes, don't you watch episodes on the television? Yes. And you always say that next episode is coming. Let me switch on. So it's like that way. Preparing for the unexpected. People are waiting for the next episode coming in. They are not waiting. They are. <laughs> they are not coming in for the. They are waiting for the next video coming in. No, which is the next episode? Who's the next guest with Alex? That is what people are looking out for. Mm -hmm. That's that's the rhythm of the game. Well, let, let's take a look at a couple of these episodes. Absolutely. And the the first one I like to ask you about is E for experiment. Absolutely. Now, it's very easy to say E for exercise. It's very easy mm. for me to say E for everything. But I'm using the word E for experiments and the mnemonic that I've used is experiments because the outcome of an experiment is either reconstruction, redesign, re-innovation, reintrospection, or it's actually and innovation by itself. Unless you don't experiment, you are not going to go through the joy of meeting your goal and finding out something very different. If you call it an exercise, then it's something like someone sitting with a ruler and saying, you have to do this. Mm. That's not what we want to do. We want people to experiment. When you say experiment, a person will think, how, how can I test without taking a lot of stress, but also achieve my objective of the test to know that I can recover? Start thinking. Start thinking. Write a new guideline. Implement the new guideline. Experiment. Display the POC. And that's how you start getting exercising getting accelerated because there is a competition to experiment and not a competition to do exercises, but experiment. Mm -hmm. That is the E concept of experiment. We've only got two minutes left, believe it or not. We're just flying through our time. So I'll give okay. you one more. R for relevance. R is relevance. Yeah. In my book, I have spoken about Y2K and the passbook update by an individual. The relevance, today, we all are talking about cyber resilience, ransomware, etc., etc. But the relevance of all these events that we talk of with business continuity and resilience is about mass communication. So if mass communication is not there, there is no way in which an event can actually get resolved. You may call it a cyber event, you may call it a ransomware event, you may call it whatever it is. But until you don't go back to the basics of mass communication and related to the relevance, though you have an IT system failing or a data breach, you would not be able to get through the end result of crisis management objectives without the right res relevance. So there is the connection of relevance, which every individual has to connect for various elements. That's what is R. 
I like that. I like that. On that note, we've come to the end of our first segment, believe it or not. Time flies. Uh, we are talking today with Harsha Sastry, the author of The Continuity Moment Insight. And we're going to change gears in segment two, and we will be right back. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. How do you cultivate braver, more daring leaders? And how do you embed the value of courage in your culture? How do you take charge of your life and achieve your goals and bring about positive changes that propel you forward? On The Leader's Edge, join your hosts, Steve and Ernie, as they bring a mix of insights in personal and leadership growth that shapes your culture and the culture around you. Lean in and learn intentionally how to accelerate into your next best life. Tune into The Leader's Edge with Ernalita DeCumos and Steve Steele, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on finding certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullen. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. Today we are talking with Harsha Sastry, uh, the author of The Continuity Moment Insight. Harsha, great first segment there. Thank you very much. We're going to change gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about innovation on the resilience journey. What do you mean by innovation? Well, uh, when I when I uh, talk about innovation, uh, the point that I want to drive here is uh, the the road looks like an end uh, with uh, one stage in life uh, people have crossed, and uh, people looking ahead as to what has to be done next. And it's not about the professionals not knowing what is to be done next. The professionals who are in business continuity know very well what has to be done next. But it's all about the integration of various enterprises, various organizations, and various business entities to actually gather themselves up and think of what they need to do next. So uh, when you want to do something different, when you want to do something beyond what you have been doing, the only way in which you can get a new drum beat to the whole music is by innovating a style of music. And what I mean by innovation is looking at it differently. 
looking at it from an eyes what is it that is required for the people around you your individual professional aspects of building plans building testing capabilities building products deploying products implementing all that you have achieved now it's the turn to actually prove that what you did is going to probably further make you rise further so when you want to extend the ladder beyond its height either you need to climb the ladder and push it up or you need to find a better way of extending the ladder without doing much effort and the only way that you can do that is by identifying different methods to enable the activities by the virtue of which your value continues to be rising the value that business continuity has delivered for covid is of keeping business alive mm -hmm. that's the value delivered nobody may speak about it but that's the truth the so truth how do you is go about getting everybody involved in that kind of a thing because in many places you know it's one person you know but how do you get everyone involved to innovate and come up with new ways I to know. keep moving forward it, do you know something it starts in a different place it starts with a top down approach now i like to show you something what do you feel am i a blind man you might be for those I on might, right for I those on be. radio harsh should change glasses he's wearing dark glasses yes. now <laughs> so alex the point that i was trying to make by wearing these glasses was just to indicate a small thing if you see value then you need to appreciate the value and if you appreciate the value you need to get the involvement of individuals in the value how many boards ask a single question they have so many presentations of various experts leaders which are done in boardrooms do they have a single question to ask them after every presentation fantastic presentation but what is the value that you have added to resilience speak for 5 minutes. Or oh, you want me to say something? No, I'm not <laughs> asking you. That is the question. That is just a question to make the waterfall effect start. If the board asks the leader, the leader will go and ask his team. The team will start asking their teams and their teams will start asking their their members. so everybody has to give that answer so that you have the bottoms up approach of information flow again 
so that when it's the next board meeting, here are the things that we did. At the grassroots, at the middle layer, at the sub-middle layer, at a slightly top layer, at a top layer, and at my layer. It's all a sandwich approach. It's only a question of somebody asking that one question. The moment that is asked, you will get the buy-in. Because <clears throat> there will be an indicator that would be given that we are interested. Today, it's all silent. It's, so how, it's an how do we identify the, the value, though? Because yes. a, lot of, a lot of leaders and managers, and it's happening now that COVID is over, they're going. They're reverting back to the pre-pandemic uh, thinking, where uh, it's just business continuity again. We made it through COVID. There's no value to it. So, how do you continually show value so that there is that buy-in and then people can appreciate it? Okay, so I I, I just exhibited to you mm -hmm. the change of my spectacles. So it's all about changing your spectacles, either you pretend to be blind or you are really blind. There are only two situations. If you are really blind, yes, somebody needs to bring in the rays of sunshine so that there is a vision. However, if someone is not realizing it for whatever reasons, it is very important for Enabling those questions come in the form of two questions. Don't make them implicit warranties. Make them explicit warranties. Provide an indicator that this is what we want to see. This is what we want to experience in our resilience journey. It's not about cost. It's not about investments. It's not about anything. It's all about the culture that an individual binds through oneself or through a team of people or through the organization of being resilient. So that's what I just like to say. It's all about the topmost person asking for it rather than presuming that, you know, he would be getting it. Nobody goes and gives anything without being asked. Because nobody can imagine what is being asked, what is what is required, probably. Mm -hmm. How about, let's flip that the other way. <clears throat> yeah. Someone isn't asking the, the, the right questions. And um, how, and I'm a business continuity person or resilience professional or whatever name you want to give me, how do I go about then showing that value so that then people do start seeing something different and I start having influence on them? How do I go about yeah. that? So there's a very simple way today, at least, as we are talking, buy my book and follow my book. That's the first thing that I'll say. <laughs> you, you'll be able to present A to Z of everything. Without using my story, you can make your own story. The second thing 
is that there is a requirement for people to understand what is the difference between resilience and business continuity. So the most important thing that is essential is, is there a presumption that resilience is just one more attribute of business continuity? Or is it that people don't know what business continuity is and what resilience is? Or are they jumbled? The, the problem is that if we are using a jargon just because we want to use it, then we should not do that. We should know what we are trying to do. We should all remember that the world is wrong. So, if you started at one point, you are going to go back to the same point. So, the point that I am trying to make is that individuals have to start communicating the need that businesses should focus on as the beginning. They need to identify what is essential. They need to also know to state the objective. They have to indicate the possibilities of what is the possibility themes, the goals, the approaches that are taken for either or both of these elements, which we call as business continuity and resilience, and the sense under what both these elements operate. For example, the sense of, of the sense of resilience is about proactivity. The sense of business continuity is about reaction. Reaction. Resilience as a begin is with your risk assessment. Business continuity as your begin is with your business impact analysis, which is first, is resilience first or is business continuity first is the whole question mark that is there in the whole world. Well, be careful. So, We're going to talk about that later in our our last segment. So don't go too far. Okay. <laughs> no, that's fine. We, we will probably do that. So the whole point that I'm trying to make is that it's not about whether an individual is able to differentiate between these two elements. It's about how are these two elements being exhibited to win the buy? That's what I like to say. And is that how innovation then comes about? Yes, because I may think about business continuity implementation or anything for that matter in a particular way. Another individual probably would say, no, I know I would like to actually only look at one layer of the organization and do it. That is resilience of, of the business continuity for me. And that is perfect. One mistake that people are doing is about thinking that if we talk of business continuity it is all deep, all slices of the cake. But it doesn't mean that. 
every individual is resilient to the way in which the individual is. So if a resilience index is 3.0 for someone and a resilience index for someone else is 25.0, it doesn't mean that the person with 25.0 is much more stronger than the person 3.0. The requirements could be different. The positive side is that both are resilient. Somebody may think, oh, you know, I have to reach 25, 25.0. Fine, that's your maturity way of looking at it. Somebody may say, I think I'm spending too much. I need to come down to 15. It's fine. It's all about how an individual's business requirement is, how an individual himself is configured, and what an individual feels should be the length and width of resilience business continuity. In fact, I would say that a person with a 3.0 could be much more resilient than anyone else because he has identified only what he, he needs to actually deliver and he has made himself very strong. Though he may be looking at a 3.0, but he may be strong on his own, which we should appreciate. And then those differing <clears throat> perspectives contribute then to uh, new ideas and new thoughts and the innovation of resilience and business. Absolutely. For all you know, he's at 3.0 because he's innovated something and nobody has even understood what he has done to replicate and hence he's at the 3.0. The moment someone looks at him and replicates, probably there could be many more ideas that flow in where he jumps from 3.0 to 50.0. You never know that. Yeah. So it's all about how a person thinks and how a person looks at his activities to be done in a more effective way, more collaborative way, more systems aligned way. The thought process is very more important rather than actually, uh, you know, doing the things in the same old way that once upon a time we were doing it or someone was doing it. So you need to... Uh, you, we need to change ways in which we work, we, we execute, and we also perform. In fact, we should change the ways we measure. Why do we want to measure at a, at a base of 100? Why can we not start measuring at a base, base of a million? And then you see, everybody goes back to 0 0.13, 0 0.14, 0 0.16, because the base itself has changed. Well, on so that note, whoops, sorry, go ahead, final thought? No, no, that's all, that's okay. I just wanted to say that was it that, that, that I wanted to say. On that note, we've come to the end of our second segment. We are talking with Harsha Sastry today the author of The Continuity Moment Insight, and we will be right back with segment three. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. 
Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Challenges in the workplace and within teams are only increasing as companies struggle to transition to a post-COVID-19 remote work situation. These unstable times have stretched companies and their leaders beyond their capacity, and they do not know how to maintain a balance of authority, empathy, compassion, and assertiveness toward their coworkers, much less continue their own career trajectory. Leading with Intention with Monique Dagneau offers support, encouragement, and tools to help corporate leaders address their personal shortcomings and emerge from these unprecedented times as well-rounded, self-assured leaders. Leading with Intention, Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullen. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. Today we are talking with Harsha Sastry, the author of The Continuity Moment Insight. Harsha, great first two segments there. Um, in segment two, you started to talk about this, and that's what we're going to focus on in this last segment, is business continuity or resilience. What comes first? And first of all, my first question to you is, what's the difference between the two? Because we're seeing a lot of people and organizations and industries really using the term business continuity and resilience interchangeably. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, you know, from 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 everything that you have told me and everything that I have also heard and everything that goes around in the world, as I said, the world is round. So uh, the only thing that we all hear is about the interchangeability of words and um, uh, people talking about resilience and people talking about business continuity. Now, in resilience, they speak about operational resilience, organizational resilience, and so many other flavors. But the point that is getting missed on is, are these two terms the same? Just like in any programming language, no two commands do the same action. They have a difference, though they may probably seem to be the same. In the same way, when we are talking in business continuity and resilience, business continuity is fundamentally to ensure that the customer's trust is kept alive, that we continue whatever happens. The objective of the objective of resilience is about an ongoing exercise to enable the operatives 
to continue working. And resilience is all about taking care of the reputation of the organization at a very high level. This fundamental difference has to be understood before the words are interchanged. So I have created a small jargon called B-E-O-P-G-A-S. B is for begin. Begin. The, the way that I indicated is begin with the end objective in mind, prepare global adequate strategies. So the begin in resilience is risk assessment. The begin in business continuity is BI. The essentials in resilience is all about ensuring that reputation is kept on the highest plateau. That should never get glitched. The brand is very important. But when you are talking about business continuity, it's about the worst case scenario handling. I should never be a, I should never have a glitch even if I hit worst case scenario. When we talk about, when we are talking about objectives, it is about important business services which are customer aligned when it comes to resilience. But when it comes to business continuity, it is all about ensuring that the trust of the customer is maintained for whatever little work you do for him. It could be a very small job, but he should never lose trust that if something goes wrong, my job is going to stop. That is what is the difference between what resilience does and business continuity does. When we are talking about P of the possibilities, it's about resilience thinking that a disaster is going to happen. It's on the expected board. They, they are not, they're not, they're not thinking that, oh, you know, it, this thing may not happen. No. When you're talking of resilience, it means that I expect things to fail. That is the baseline thought process. But when you're talking about business continuity, it is about cost effective strategies that you would like to implement to enable your business to run for the scenarios. Now, when you come to the goal, which is G, long-term goal is what resilience looks at. And the most important thing that business continuity looks at is to minimize business impact because it has cost saving, it has strategies, it has so many other things that has, that goes into it. So it's looking at minimizing the business impact. We can't stop something happening, but we have to minimize, reduce, reduce, reduce. The A is about the approach. The approach for resilience is an ongoing journey, which I keep telling everyone. My book tells it, I tell it, and I, I keep telling that to everybody I meet, ongoing journey. Don't think that I've done it the, today, so that's the end of resilience. No, 
whether you are existing you are not existing it's an eternal journey that you will continue either by yourself as an individual or by your soul or by somebody else who succeeds but when you are talking about business continuity it is about a specific risk that you are planning for you are not looking at you know you're not it's it is about specific this is what i'm looking for give me a plan for this and the sense which i speak of as s is about being proactive when it is re, when it is resilience and being reactive when it is continuity continuity is after event hits take this and run in resilience if this happens i already have another way in which i'm going to get back and you won't even know that it has happened so that's about knowledge of something happening and transparency it's absolute transparent where you don't even know that i had a glitch mm-hmm. but it happened but the glitch did happen i did record it but you never knew that that network had failed it is alive the heartbeat continues to be on so that is the difference which everyone has to understand when they speak about resilience and business continuity and what comes first everybody has gone and done business continuity first but the actual story is and that's why i said that the world is round the actual story is the first is resilience you know there's going to be people who are going to disagree with you <laughs> yes i know the whole world is not going to agree with me i know that but the problem is that they have never understood that resilience is something that has always got built in an individual right from the family you have always been strong at your family you have always been strong when you wanted to do something you always had the second way of doing it it could be a very cheap uh, capability but you always had it in your homes we have forgotten what we did at home and we created another aura saying business continuity comes first so do pi first then do risk assessment and then do xyz everybody talks about that but they forgot that if you do risk assessment first you are only going to become tough and strong because risk assessment will tell you how you need to be strong first and then continue that strength through the business continuity practices so if the world has started with business continuity and today we are going off to operational resilience of finding out what is important after they have already done a pia of the of the activities so it means they are going on reverse gear and coming forward they are going to go again for organizational resilience to build the culture which actually should have been done even before when the risk assessment was done you would know that we have a big risk treatment plan from a from a resilience point of view that we were we have to have a culture to understand that we are going to become resilient and what we have to do but that was not done so we are going to do that and then we go and join circle back 
and say, now that we have become resilient, let us start business continuity and see how it works. So business continuity is actually the end point. It's not the starting point. The starting point is resilience. Think about it from an airport point of view. As an airport, you first need to be strong yourself. Only then will you be able to service so many planes coming down, so many people coming into the airport, and so many people traveling. If yourself, you are yourself not strong, how are you going to enable people to start engaging with themselves? You cannot. So that's a simple story, even in the house, until and unless you don't have your four walls strong, you are not, you are not protected. You are not resilient. You may have a CCTV camera, you may have so many other things. But that's just for you to feel that, you know, I've done something additional. You're raising your capability and resilience. It's fine. But is that really enabling your continuity? We don't know. Because the moment an IT system fails, the camera is off. Then you, you are vulnerable to everything that you were vulnerable once upon a time. So, unless the concepts are not understood, we try to, we try to make a circle which is more convenient to us rather than build a circle in which it has to be. That's all, Alex, from my side. Well, we've got three minutes left. Do you have any final thoughts on resilience and business continuity? Absolutely, Alex. So, you know, you know the background on my screen? Mm -hmm. There's a yellow line, there's an orange line, and there's a green line. Whatever art you see. That has been made, and that's a story I want to tell you today. The yellow line is long. It has, and it starts even before the orange line. So that is life. The orange line is a little bit shorter than the yellow line. So that is about people. And the orange and the green line is shorter than the orange line. And it tries to meet the orange line, but doesn't meet it. And that is about business. So when you see what I'm talking about, my book connects life, people, and business. That's all that I want to say. So if you want to know how you have parallels in the book, how you have parallels in business continuity, how you have parallels in resilience across the three major aspects that you want to connect. One is your own life. One is in everyone's life. The second one is in people who are around you and yourself and your own families. And the third aspect is how business is also connected. You have to actually read this book to understand how these things get connected. And the fun of it is these never get connected because they are independent lines and every individual can think the way he wants to think. Every organization can do what they need to do from a resilience point of view. And every group of individuals and people are able to do whatever they want to do. Life is all about learning. Life only teaches you. And it's all about 
learning, 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 and using that learning to innovate, innovate, innovate. So last piece that I like to say is the most important thing is to invest in your capabilities. The second one is to imbibe your qualities. The third one is to ensure that you have initiatives set for yourself. The fourth one is to introspect what you did, what you did not do, and what you intend to do. And the fifth one is finally, when you know all these four things, you'll do the fifth thing of innovation. So that is the journey that my book takes you through. That is the journey which I, as a professional, will like to share, Alex, on your program, preparing for the unexpected. And this is my only message for every one of our audience who's listening to us on this show today. Well, we've come to the end of the show. Thank you, Harsha. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. That was great. Lots. I, I know I know. there's going to be comments about resilience and business continuity. I, for one, actually agree with you. So for the record, I do agree with you. Resilience comes before business continuity. Absolutely. So thank you so much for sharing your time and expertise. And congratulations once again on the book, The Continuity Thank Mobile you, Alex. Site. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for sharing your time and expertise and everybody watching and listening. Stay prepared, everybody. Thank you very much, Alex, and God bless you. And God bless all. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week.